Well, hello. Well, this is a, well hello. This is the Side Talks podcast, and this is, you know who I, can you guess who I am then? This is an accent I'm doing that's, can you guess who I am? No, I cannot. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because this accent is all over the map, isn't it? No, it's very, very spot on for the person that you're imitating. Wh- who is? Wh- who is definitely... Who is it? Who is um, it, Corey? The lifestyles it, of the rich and famous no. guy. Who is it, Brew? What? Who is it, Brew? Who? I- and I'm sorry. Who is it, Brew? No, that's not helping. Okay, I'm here to tell you that I am... I am literally could have pulled up a scene from Blood Diamond and be playing it into the microphone. Oh, I am Leo. So you're the South Af- you're the trying worst to do the South, South African, African accent. accent I've ever heard in my life. It's really bad. Why? Why, but did, yet, you, why you know, did you watch Blood Diamond? It's really. Bad. I'll tell you why. But it's really bad, and yet. What does he get for that performance? And he that- gets an Academy Award nomination. He shouldn't have because that was that that was a bad year. But but yeah, he got an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, and no. Um, why did you watch Blood Diamond? <laughs> okay, a movie that time forgot. Okay. This is the Side Talks podcast, by the way. Yeah, this is Side Talks podcast. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. And um, yeah, we talk about movies um i watch blood diamond because okay so my girlfriend has massive jet lag sure and she's she's been in in uh switzerland for a month and she's she's on a whole different schedule and the whole thing right and so the other the other morning we wake up and she goes let's watch blood diamond So, nobody has said that since no 2007. And also, no one has ever said it at like 7 a.m. I'm just here to tell you. She'd been up for a few hours, and it was like 7 a.m. Like, and it, like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, my God, it's 7.24 a.m., and I'm watching 12-year-olds with automatic rifles just blow the heads off of people. And I'm like, this is just a fucked up day. This is going to be a real fucked up day. And you didn't enjoy yourself. No, I you. didn't, brew. No, is, it's not a good movie. That is his accent. I'm sorry, but it's so bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, not a good movie, um, but you can rest assured that this is the only podcast where you will hear criticism of Edward Zwick's 2006 <laughs> film Blood Diamond Only because nobody, wants, intro to talk, nobody wants Nobody wants to talk about it ever. Well, that's, that's yeah, again, a movie it. that history forgot. It, I mean, can you do a Zach? Isn't it all over the place? It's like one minute it's, it's like this, and one minute it's like, and then it goes like that, and it, Blimey, you got any of them blood diamonds, do you? No, that's not it. <laughs> and everything is brew. Everything is brew. Uh, well, he got an Oscar nomination for it, so who are we to argue, and right? The whole time it's I'm an unimpeachable this, organization. Like, when he's doing the whole thing where he's like scrunching up his face and putting his head in his hands, I just know that all that's going on in his head is just he's imagining that little statue. That little gold statue. Yeah, that little gold statue is rolling through Leo's little brain. Give me an Oscar. I'd say, give me an Oscar now and th- th- for this accent, please. And then all he had to do is get mauled by a bear and like crawl around in the snow and eat a buffalo liver or whatever. And mm. then he got his Oscar finally. Finally. I, I mean, um, I did say that during, during the film. I was like, I am so glad that he got one because I feel like he can chill out just a tiny little bit now. Yeah. And that, then he made Don't Look Up and now look where we are. All right. Well, let's go talk about other bad movies and maybe some good ones. All right. Sounds good. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. Well, folks, it's time for a five-minute fight. Yeah. Uh, my, 
my short sleeves are rolled up, ready to fight you. We had to call an audible today, so this is an atypical topic. But Brad, go ahead and start that timer. We're going to five-minute fight on a trailer for a coming attraction, Boz Lerman's Elvis. Yeah, we so we've never done this before. We're going to five-minute fight a trailer, which is kind of ridiculous. But, you know, <laughs> we were going to fight the producers, and I thought you were talking about the Madri- Matthew Broderick one, which I was happy to, to go toe-to-toe on. But um, No, that movie not. stinks. So uh, here's the thing. Okay. I ask you, are you excited about this film? Yeah. And you're excited about it. Of course. And so, but I just want to make sure you've, you're excited about it and you've seen the trailer. I have. Okay. Can, what in the hell, Corey? First of all, we've argued some Boz Lerma before. Uh-huh. We've argued The Great Gatsby. Yeah. I would argue that the, he hasn't, Boz hasn't made a good film in a minute. It's been a minute. But he's only made like five films. So about, he's at about a 50-50 ratio and this is not making me feel any better. Mm. It. This Tom Hanks is the colonel. It's looks awesome. It does. I don't know what awesome. he's doing it there. Looks so, but it, it looks it so looks good. So weird. It looks so weird. I also, I I'm glad that they did get a. Would you say this is like an unknown? Actor? He's a relative unknown. He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He pops up in small roles and things. But uh, the gentleman's name is Austin Butler. Not a star by any Who stretch. Who plays Elvis? Yeah, he plays Elvis. Um, he looks a, a little like Elvis. Yeah, he doesn't. It's not. Taking my breath away. It's not one of those, you know, moments where you're like, "Oh my god, this is transformative." Yeah, no, no way. Um, and but what I'm seeing in the trailer looks like a sort of mediocre Vegas Elvis impersonator. It doesn't. It, I'm not. It's not. It's not getting me. Yeah, I but, mean, Kurt Russell in this sort of made-for-TV Elvis movie was better than this guy. And well, that's, sure, but that's Kurt Russell. Yeah, he's, it's he's also, one of the most charismatic it's also, actors. You heard he's ever the words made-for-TV movie. This is also now twenty. You know, what are we, 2022 now? And, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff going on for us in the world of tech and, uh, you know, advances. And why isn't this looking better than I, it is? Okay. The trailer is whatever. Obviously, we can't judge the finished film based on a trailer. That's what we're doing here. We're arguing about I, levels I of excitement. Um, I'm excited because I have to think that that trailer is holding back on the Boslerman over-the-top weirdness that you know is coming in this movie. What, it has to. What do you mean? Like, weirdness as in, like, the kind of stuff I have to look away from the screen for? That's what I'm feeling. The I'm big, vibing extravagant... That, yes, I'm vibing that. You know that moment in The Great Gatsby where they play the Jay-Z song? Yeah, which I oh, love. Oh, I hate it so I much. It's it. so embarrassing. It's so hard to watch, Corey. And that's what I'm worried about here. I'm worried this is going to be just a, a non-stop array of just embarrass me with, the, like, a leg gyration. But see... Elvis is You and I are looking for different things in this movie then because that's what I want. I want are something you, so let me ask big you and broad and extravagant and Boslerman esque. And I I'm gonna ask you this, and I and I know that you're gonna probably bring up all kinds of things that we could debate that are debatable uh-huh. about Elvis's personal life and his philosophy and things that he may or may not have said in, in, in the time that he was on this planet. And potentially, you know, this sort of the issues that are related to his marriage that I don't, you know, we can unpack all that and discuss it, but I'm just curious. Are you an Elvis fan? No. He, so that's what's going on. Yes, sure. That's what's going on. You don't I, care about his legacy. Don't you don't care about him a being fuck about Elvis. So you just want Boz Luhrmann to I, take some kind of weird caricature of this human being that once lived and that had this <laughs> and just turn it into. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds kind of damaging and harmful, but there's been no like, 
public figure who has been more scrutinized than Elvis during Elvis's life and in the subsequent like 40 something years. I mean, this is one of the most famous men who, you know, of the 20th century. Um, I don't think that Boz Lerman making a film about him is going to besmirch his legacy. If anything, it's just, you know. It's it's a cartoon Elvis. I mean, that's what I want. I want the big bright colors. I want swirling camera work. I want you know borderline you know unwatchable campy nonsense See, from and Boz that's Lerman. Where I, that's where I'm going to argue. Like this is a debatable whatever, and and certainly I agree with you. It's one of the most famous human beings to ever exist. One of the most well known figures. To, uh, in the history of the world, you right? have I, I I think you have much more of an attachment to Elvis as uh, but, Elvis. But than here's I what do. I'm getting at: this is a very interesting person uh-huh. who, like, when he is born, he's born with a with a twin brother who dies. Sure, he's born in a shack in yeah. Tupelo, Mississippi, to to absolutely nothing. His father's in prison, or uh, prison might be dramatic. His pro- father's in jail, the, like in his, within the early years of his life, and he has a right, wrong, or otherwise, he has uh, this incredible impact on on the entire. Recording industry sure. and, the, and the direction in which sort of rock and roll as a genre is going to go, and is a superstar like nobody has has ever known at that point. And and we could have a any kind of interesting narrative about this person. And you want Boz Lerman to put him into a blender and dump out googly god bullshit? Yes, because I I don't think that a Sam. traditional music biopic works anymore. I just don't. I think that after like Ray and then Walk the Line oh, and then after God. like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story kind of ruined, you know, all of those biopic tropes. We ran all of that into the ground. And if you're going to do a music biopic, do a big, silly, stupid musical of a music biopic. Oh, so we can never get it back. So you do you like Ray? It's okay. Did you like Walk the Line? It's all right. I'm cutting half real bad, Dewey. Yeah, exactly. Now, I love Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is one of the funniest movies <laughs> oh ever made. Oh, my God. Um, because it so thoroughly skewers all those tropes. And look, steer into it by making something big and stupid. That's, you know, that's all I ask. I Don't- think you're proving your point wrong by comparing it to Walk Hard, because I compared it to Walk Hard in a negative way. Elvis, I mean. But see, like, I don't think, I don't think, okay, yeah, well, yeah, thanks, Sam. I, I, I do think that if, if you're gonna make a big tropey music biopic, it has to be interesting, and Boz Lerman brings that level of interest. Uh, all I'm saying is this, ar- we could have stopped this argument five minutes ago, five plus minutes ago, because the, 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 whole, the whole thing lays on this. You're excited about this trailer that looks like shit. Sam? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do kind of like the Elvis with eyeliner look that Austin Butler has going on. Um, he is wonderful as Tex, but I just don't know who watched him in that performance and think he should make a good Elvis, or he would I mean, make a good Elvis. Um, Oz Lerman did. So strange. Um, and someone simply should have told Tom Hanks no. <laughs> um, Strongly disagree, and, but I guess I'm outnumbered here. <laughs> and of course, jumping on the on the bandwagon here, it looks so much like Walker the Dewey Cox story in all the unfortunate ways. Um, because it's a serious movie, not a parody. Um, so Corey loses two million points for being excited ab- about a trailer. Um, we're going to potentially see Elvis sing Jay-Z, and everyone is scared, yet Corey is excited somehow. Um, Thank you, Sam. Corey does gain back about a 1,000 points for so boldly declaring, I don't give a fuck about Elvis. But yeah, Rachel wins. 
You guys are gonna feel really silly when this movie rules. Oh, Who doesn't oh, give a fuck I, about Elvis? I mean, so let me ask you this, Brad. You're a musician. Can you weigh in here a little bit? Have you seen this trailer? Uh, How, what are your feelings? I wish I have not seen the trailer. I'm How sorry. do you feel about Elvis? Oh, as a musician, that's a very complicated answer. Yeah. Part of his career, I think, was great. A lot of it was very unfortunate. For sure. I but just don't care. He was I... important, regardless yeah. of how you feel about him. Interesting, interesting story. Sure, I heard the could... songs. I, you know, I've, I've heard, I heard the songs. I've seen some of the films. Like I've heard Teddy sure, Bear. Sure, he's yeah, he's fine. I have no emotional attachment to Elvis. Make a you know big stupid but he, movie. But you do have an emotional attachment to fucking Boz Lerman. Yeah, that dude made Moulin Rouge. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Anyway, I don't. I zoned out while Sam was talking, but I assume I won the fight. Boz Lerman rules. Uh, we're just gonna let you leave it at that, and the fact that you're excited about this trailer. Go watch. I want everybody who's listening to this podcast right now, if you haven't seen the trailer, or even if you have, to watch it again. Watch this trailer, and the whole time, keep in your mind, Corey is excited about this. <laughs> Rumble, rumble, rumble. What's that? What's it's, that noise? It's the sound of thunder, which means it's time for the filmmaker lightning round. Heck yeah. So before lightning starts striking, we need to uh, talk about some movies from today's subject. Today's subject has been in the news a little bit lately after, you know, the awful developments in Ukraine. Yeah. Um Actor, director Sean Penn, it turns out, was in Ukraine when the Russian invasion began and was there making a documentary. I don't know what about. I can't imagine it's about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I don't know how he knew that that was about to happen. But he was there for some reason shooting footage. Um, and he was in Ukraine when um, the invasion began and had to evacuate with a lot of refugees. So. With that in mind, we're going to turn to something entirely trivial and talk about Sean Penn's filmography as an actor and, I suppose, as a director. Wait, let me ask you this, though, and I, okay. I think Sam may know the answer to this, if, if just to confirm if I'm right. Is it not correct that Sean Penn has now sort of turned the tables a bit and is there making a documentary about the about what's going on? Am I wrong about that? I believe so, but like... like he's, I keep reading or hearing these on the front lines. Yeah, uh, Sam says that's true. Yeah. So he's, you know, putting himself in harm's way at this moment to, well, he, to make a documentary about the... He was there when it started, yeah, and I yeah, don't yeah. know why he was there initially, but I, I wouldn't guess... Am, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't imagine that he was there working on on a film about this this situation, but regardless, I think he's turned... It's turned he, He's now that. turned and, yeah. and is making a documentary about uh, what's happening, and that's, well, pretty incredible. That is pretty great. I mean, Sean Penn, say what you will about him... Uh, and there's a lot that can be said about him uh, and his personal life has in recent years become quite the humanitarian. No, um, I, I look, I, I have some, I'm conflicted sure, okay? because I, Sean Penn, you know, he tied my girl Madonna to a chair. Uh-huh. He's, uh, you know, likes to date women who are 14. Like he's just kind of an all around dick, but I'm, this is badassery that we're seeing from him to be on the ground there making a, a uh, making a documentary about something and incredibly could potentially be an incredibly important thing that he's doing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know many people who would have 
not just gotten the hell out of there when you have the privilege to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, and in addition to that, I think you're as you're going to hear from my from my responses to your questions. I think he's a pretty exceptional actor and filmmaker. Uh, oftentimes, oftentimes he's made some uh, bad decisions for sure. But um, but oftentimes, you know, at one point thought of as one of the best actors of his generation. I think he has the potential to, and I think he makes some bad choices. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. So let's just kick it off. Uh, a Sean Penn movie that you love. Okay. So I'm going to go with something that he directed, okay. actually, because I think that it's relevant to uh-huh. do that in this case. Um, it, it might also be fitting for the question you're going to ask me about a film I like more than other people like, right. um, but that is The Indian Runner. Yeah, yeah. That's his uh, film debut, I believe, as director with uh, David Morse and Viggo Mortensen, right? Yes. And I might actually put a pen in that and, and save that for the film I like more than others. And okay. just let me say, a film that I, I like a lot by Sean Penn is, of course, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Of course. It doesn't get any better than that. He's at a he's at his best in this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an sure. incredible film. It's in the canon, and yeah, I'm going to go. Let, let me let me switch my answer and say Fast Times Ridgemont High, of course. And we'll come back to the Indian Runner in a second. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is going to surprise you. The movie oh, that I love go. starring Sean Penn and also Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain from director Terrence Malick, the year 2011. The film is The Tree of Life, one of the best movies ever made, one of my favorite movies of all time. We've talked about it on this podcast before. It's the best. Uh, you can't see it, but Rachel is enthusiastically nodding and giving the thumbs up on the other side of this oh, table. Let me tell you that that is not what that's I'm doing. Exactly Exactly what Rachel's my doing. Da- my daddy's within me. No, that's not the dialogue. I can quote it to you if you wish. You probably can because Corey puts this on while he's sleeping. Every night when he goes to bed, he puts on Tree of Life. Yes. I bask in the magnificence of, of Malik's you know, interpretation of existence. That's right. Uh, Tree of Life, one of the best movies ever made. Great Sean Penn role. He's in it. It's very abstract. It's great. Uh, all right. A movie that you like more than most people, The Indian Runner. There Why, we go. The Indian Runner. What, what about it? I really like this film. Yeah. I really do. I saw this as a very young, about to go to film school student on, I think it was like the IFC channel. Yeah. Um, and I, I just was taken by it. I don't know. It, it's got some silly, cheesy stuff in it. Do not get me wrong. But the fact that it's based on a, a Bruce Springsteen song, Highway Patrolman, I really loved that. And I just think overall, it has these moments that are really unforgettable. It's the first time I'd ever seen Patricia Arquette. Oh, really? Yeah, it really is the first time I'd ever seen her and thought she was uh, amazing in this. And it's just a, it's a really kind of strange film in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But there are some some moments that are hard to escape from. And uh, I think it's just a, a wonderful film. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great soundtrack. And mm-hmm. it's very do. It's a very dude film. But it, it's one of the first films that I remember seeing that felt like an indie of that era. Yeah. From yeah. 93, 94, yeah, that, something like that. It was that. one of the very first. It sort of, it was in that little group of, of oh, this. And so it's hard now to pull it from the sure. context of when I first saw it, but it felt so indie in that particular way that we were about to see a big wave of indies coming sure. yeah. down the road. Yeah. So that's why. Cool. Yeah. Well, the Sean Penn movie I like more than most people comes also from 2011. It's Paolo Sorrentino's This Must Be the Place. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a weird movie, but it gives Sean Penn a really unusual role. He plays a um, almost like a, a character like Robert Smith of The Cure. 
uh, long Are you hair, I seen yeah, this. long hair, kind of wispy voice, mumbly voice, and he plays this sort of um, this this disaffected sort of emo rock singer uh, who goes on um, a cross country quest for reasons that I I probably shouldn't reveal. Okay. Um, Look, it's it's a weird kind of imperfect movie. It's shaggy, like a lot of Sorrentino's films. If you're unfamiliar with Paolo Sorrentino, um, he is an Oscar nominee this year in the foreign language film category for a film called The Hand of God. He also won that category in 2013 for a film called The Great Beauty. Um, I really love The Great Beauty. Not so keen on The Hand of God. Um Sorrentino is kind of an acquired taste, very big, brash, over-the-top Italian filmmaker who draws a lot from Fellini. Um, and I think that's one reason I like this must be the place, apart from it just being complete Cory bait, not only from taking its title from a Talking Head song, my favorite right. Talking Head song, okay. my favorite song of all time, but also featuring David Byrne himself uh, in a supporting role in this movie. So, you know. They were just trying to get you and, to watch this. And Francis McDormand's in it in a small role, too. Oh, yeah. They were definitely um, trying yeah, to get you they, they, This movie was tailor-made for me. So, um, yeah, I, I have to say I like that more than most people, simply because most people just haven't even heard of it, much less seen it. It was right. one of those um, films acquired by the Weinstein Company, and excuse me while I spit on the floor, um, <laughs> that were, were kind of um, – um, dumped yeah. unceremoniously yeah, yeah. into a handful of theaters and then got no promotion or attention at all. Well, I think the Indian runner might have the same stamp on it. I think it might be a Weinstein production of some Pro- kind. Well, Miramax, it would that be Miramax. Would make the, sense. Yeah, and it too is one that I don't, when I talk to people, most folks haven't seen this film. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, similar. Yeah. Uh, so what's a Sean Penn movie you dislike more than most people? Mystic river. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good movie. I think that is absolute shit. Sam, can you make note that Mystic River is definitely something we will fight about because that film is just the 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 worst, just like the bombed out nightmare film that I don't like. But it's It's, you know it's it's a bunch of guys in Boston, and they they that's his daughter in there. They killed his daughter in there. Is that my daughter in there? Is that my daughter in there? You know what I don't care about. A bunch of guys in Boston, unless they have a new kids on the block. Yeah, but you know, you know who directed Mystic River, right? The best guy of them all, Sir Clint Eastwood. Exactly. I'm so happy. I exactly. love exactly what a hack that guy. Oh, is. what a beg hack that to guy differ. Is. Oh, we've got all kinds of arguments of brewing. Oh man, no, you know, I just rewatched Mystic River fairly recently, and it it certainly did not blow my mind like it did when I was a teenager. It blew my mind when I was a teenager. Clint Eastwood like, should stick to making movies with monkeys. Clint Eastwood should stick to making movies where he's ninety something years old and riding on horses like Cry Macho. Oh my goodness, Cry Macho. Um love that movie. Um <laughs> I but, just it says Sam, is the name of this podcast gonna be Oh My Goodness, Cry Macho? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> Um, but when I was a teenager and I watched Mystic River, I was like, oh boy, a crime procedural directed by Clint Eastwood based on a Dennis Lane novel. Boy, this is really doing it for me. And um, Starring you know, a bunch of guys from Boston. Uh, yeah. Um, Tim Robbins, The Vampires. Ooh, that is not a oh, that is not a film. performance that's necessarily held up super well. well. Well, we'll, we'll let's counter it. 
because it's sure. it's just terrible. Well, the Sean Penn movie I don't like as much as most people yeah. comes also from the year that Mystic River came out in 20 or uh, 2003. His other big dramatic Oscar movie of that year, 21 Grams from Alejandro González Iñárritu. And if we're throwing the word hack out there, um, I Mr. might argue 21 grams. I kind of like 21 grams. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I kind of like of it. Of course you do. Of course you do. That That is the Sam? least surprising shit I've ever heard. Kind of like um, it. That movie stinks. And, I mean, it's no um, Mystic River. It is no Mystic River. I certainly agree with that. No, I really don't like um, 21 grams or any of Inuritu's films. And clearly I'm in a minority there since they're given that, that guy... Um, all manners of Academy Awards all the time. He think, gets out of bed, they give him an Oscar. Yeah. Do you think that anybody's ever done a double feature of Mystic River and Mystic Pizza? No. But yeah. <laughs> when I was <laughs> – I don't know if this is a podcast-appropriate story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Oh, well, that's um, never stopped us before. When I was in uh, high school, uh, I took a girlfriend on a double feature movie date – to see 21 Grams and then the Jennifer Connelly, Ben Kingsley drama, House of Sand and oh Fog. Oh my God, Corey. Did you ever need dating advice? I mean. Hi, would you like to go with me to see House of Sand and Fog? <laughs> what the fuck? I'd love to tell you that it worked out, but it didn't. Oh man. I liked both of the movies a lot though. Well, that's good. Something positive came out. <laughs> Wait, I didn't like 21 Grams, but I did like House of Sand and Fog. Oh, God. What do you even do after that? You know? Oh. I mean, what do you even do after that? That's I, was, a, I, I was like, I'm basking in cinema here. Let's go to TGI Friday. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Okay. Uh, a movie, a Sean Penn movie you need to rewatch. Okay. Well, I could say something like I Am Sam because I want to laugh. Um, but <laughs> Does anybody need to rewatch her, I Am e- Sam? Exactly. That's a joke. Um, but I'm going to say At Close Range because I remember being a kid and liking At Close mm. Range. I've never seen that. And uh, thought it was pretty darn good. I think it's a walk-in, a little walk-in in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember thinking it was pretty darn good. And I think if, oh no, I think it's Bad Boys that Ali Sheedy's in. That my, sounds right. And I, I actually would rewatch Bad Boys too because that was a childhood favorite. <laughs> Little nine-year-old me was like, I'm going to watch Bad Boys for the 14th time. You know, they're in, so they're in jail. And- How do I get all kinds of shit for, like, liking Mystic River and House of Sand and Fog when I was, I don't know, 17? Corey, I didn't take a girl to go see Bad Boys, the prison movie Bad Boys, in the movie theater. That's all I'm giving you shit for. Nah, that it's was just, a- just a not a date kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and it sounds like a great decision still. So, right. you know. Um, better, I- than, better than I Am Sam. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, that's my answer. I st- I'm sticking to it. Um, mine. <laughs> so I have to admit, I was looking through Sean Penn's filmography, and he's given a bunch of like big performances. Um, I don't really feel the need to ever watch Dead Man Walking or Milk again. Oh you know no, what I no, mean? no, no, like, no, no, no. Those can stay on the shelf. They were they were products of their time, and they you know they were fine. And they were like, hard to get through the first time. Like sure, they're they're great. Like all respect to. You know, Gus Van Sant and Tim Robbins, I guess, for directing those movies, but uh, whatever. Um, I I really like Sweet and Lowdown, but, you know, has that little thing about being written and directed by Woody Allen, so uh, I don't know skip if I'll it. be revisiting that Let's anytime soon. So my answer here, 
the the movie that I would most like to revisit is a movie I've only seen once, even though it came out three months ago, Licorice Pizza. And okay. I think that Sean Penn is amazing in Licorice Pizza. Yeah, he's, he's only got it. like one or two scenes playing this William Holden uh, analog who does this ridiculous drunken motorcycle stunt, but it's more it's more lively than Penn has been on screen in a really long time. Well, that's probably true. Um, so if he can channel that sort of like, you know, that, that manic comic energy that he's genuinely good at, but very, very rarely taps into, uh, I'd love to see more of that as he enters his sort of golden years as a, as a respected actor in Hollywood. He's, he doesn't make a ton of movies anymore. No, and let's hope he makes it back alive. Yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, if he um, if he makes more movies, I- I'd like to see more comedies from from old Sean. I mean, he's very memorable, obviously in Fast Times. That's probably after all of like the thunderous seriousness of his later career. Fast Times is still probably his most memorable role. Yeah, and you know, I've argued this before. I'm going to argue it again. I actually think he's playing it straight. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it comes across as really funny because yeah, that because it's a funny character. That character that that film is based on is hilarious, but I think that that's really truly who that dude was. Yeah. And uh, and so I think Sean Penn's kind of, you know, he's just methoding it up. Yeah. But that's that's a good whatever, point. Whatever, whatever you got to do, Sean, do it. That's right. That's right. So that's our filmmaker lightning round on Sean Penn. Did we say anything stupid? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, let for us sure. let for us sure. know. Um, we also didn't mention Taps, which I think was we another didn't mention Taps. Another great childhood favorite. Are you are you seeing a a pattern here. Yeah, I am. I am starting to see a very strong pattern. Email us at podcast at sidewalkfest.com to tell us why and how we were stupid in this segment and in any other segment. Yeah, it's a long email. Thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast, where your own personal cinematic Lady Gaga and South by Southwest. What's the correlation? Okay. I knew you were going to ask that. That's why I pulled up a, a little resource <laughs> here. It's, you know, it's getting close to South by time. So it I sure is. Appropriate one. Well, apparently Lady Gaga was reportedly paid $2.5 million to perform a Dorito sponsored showcase at the South by Southwest music portion of the festival what? in 2014. But being Lady Gaga and doing what she wants, instead she decided to do this sort of strange art pop uh-huh. kind of approach um, and came out as a vomit artist. Yeah. Which is what you want when you're right. Doritos. Um, and so, I don't know, I, either somebody threw up on her or she, anyway, there was vomit involved. Might have been fake vomit, but there was fake, you know, there was vomit involved. And um, for whatever reason, you know, Demi Lovato felt like she needed to come out and say this is, you know, something about eating disorders and this was not appropriate. And everybody kind of decided to dogpile on Lady Gaga and of course South by was like we we didn't tell her she could do this um, it was just a you know a hole to do and um, yeah and so my favorite part is one of the Doritos executives said I paid her 2.5 million I better hear Alejandro <laughs> 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 which might be the best quote from a Doritos rep ever but instead they got vomit um, apparently Lady Gaga said she's just skipping it and cashed the check and moved on with her life well I said this off mic but there's another part to this story. What do I have in my car right now? A Blu-ray copy of House of Gucci and a bag oh. of Cool Ranch Dorita chips. And and the Art Pop CD. Well, that's, you know, that goes without saying. 
Um, oh, are you a vomit artist, Corey? Oh, it depends on uh, <laughs> a lot of factors. Oh, my goodness. Um, Thanks what to Batwell Studios. What a bizarrely informative episode <laughs> of the Side Talks We're podcast. We're here for that. We're here for that. Big thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, serving some of the best coffee in Birmingham, right there downtown next to my house. Don't look for me, though. Um, though you can find me several days a week at Revelator. Yeah. Also, yeah. uh, SidewalkFest.com or on social media at SidewalkFilm is where you can find all the information about what Sidewalk's up to, especially at the cinema. Some great stuff and a packed month of March. When you hear this, we're going to be well into the Women in Film Week, I think. Um, Polly Platt double feature. That's right. We mentioned that last week. The Souvenir and the souvenir part two. Hell yes. Uh, the rescue passing. Anyway, go. Power go to, of the dog. Power of the dog on the big screen. Go to sidewalkfest.com and, and take a look. There's so much good stuff. And then later in March, we've got Ty West's X coming up. That looks like some fun. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It really does. All right. Well, that's what we've got for you today. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to Side Talks. We'll see you next time. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.